Guys, we all heard that too much salt is bad for you. It'll increase your blood pressure. But check this out with real sea salt. I'm talking about CBD sea salt. It can actually help reduce, I said reduce your blood pressure. With sea salt, it can even improve your skin. It has these minerals. Check this out, guys. It has minerals that can reduce your inflammation throughout the body. It'll give you better cardio and reduce, reduce risk of heart disease. Finally, we have a season seasoning that could help you guys that not only tastes good on your food but you can enjoy it guilt free cbd sea salt follow them on instagram or go to the website and order your package now this episode is brought to you by apish premium cannabis brand Follow them on Instagram at apish underscore OG. Website www.apish.com. Let's go ape shit. Number one, you're supposed to have it all together And when they ask how you're doing, just smile and tell them never better Lie number two, everybody's life is perfect except yours So keep your messes and your wounds and your secrets safe with you behind closed doors I like this song a lot Truth be told, the truth is rarely told. I played this song like two weeks ago, but I like it that much. I say I'm fine, yeah, I'm fine, oh, I'm fine, hey, I'm fine, but I'm not. I'm broken. We got, uh, we got a special guest today. Another special guest. I try to get this guy on as much as I can. I know he's a busy dude. And um, he's just the smartest guy I know how far when it comes to um, biblical stuff. We got Pastor Art. You like saying Pastor? Are you like Doctor? If I, I would like Doctor, if I were you, <laughs> I like Doctor. But you know, when I have relationship with people, it's Pastor or it's Rob. But Rob. in my professional life, I go by Doctor, which is uh, great. Yes. Um, last time I had you on, you know, um. The LGBT is always after me just because um, I'm not I don't feel like I'm being rude or anything like that. Like I love all my gay friends and I love everybody. Um, and they went after you and they said I did my homework and we got these messages. I know on um, French Fine Fair Tale, Bubba Robles, you got the same thing. Oh, this guy's not even a doctor. He didn't go to college and they try to throw you under the rug. Um, do a little background. Let's do a background check on you, um, Dr. Rob. Oh, that's funny. Well, I have my uh, master's degree at Wagner University. Um, anybody can call WU and get a, I, I could produce a transcript. <laughs> I also have my doctorate degree at Wagner University. It's a religious liberal arts university, mostly training people for the ministry. Yeah. And some other um, things as well, other programs. But uh, I'm the chief academic officer at WU uh, currently. So I'm uh, manage all the. Programs. So it checks out. It checks yeah, out. It checks like, out. There's no so line here. Check it out. Now the one thing is, uh, WU is a religious earned earned religious degree. Okay. Which uh, means we are not academically accredited. Oh, gotcha. Okay, but uh, almost any ministry school will not be academically it's like, accredited. It's like Hillsong University, Australia. Same thing, yeah, right? Yeah, but more robust than that. That's like, what does that mean? That's like robust. Robust. Really? <laughs> well, I. I, I, I I get you on that, and Hillsong is my in my home base church. I'm for the most part, um, I get it, uh, and and it's funny because you guys, you guys 
preach or, or honestly teach. Well, I don't, I don't say Hillsong teaches anything, to be honest. It's more of a motivational church, if that makes sense to you. No, I could, I totally appreciate Hillsong, what they do. I, yes. I, I love their music. I mean, no, no bash on Hillsong. It's just a different focus, right? Okay. You know, we're, we're training up practitioners to do high level ministry. Yes. They're releasing lots of people to evangelize, plant churches. Yeah. And uh, probably the best thing about Hillsong is their worship school. The I mean, worship, the best every worship. every every trip. Someone I think, oh, Hillsong. Go, ain't that just a music? Ain't that like a group? I go, it's a church. <laughs> I go, it's a church. Um, Doctor Rob, why are churches dying right now? I feel like churches. A lot of churches are the um people ain't going to church. And when you, and we even in your church, I step in before you had two services or maybe three. Now you have one. It's half. It's half filled. I don't say half empty because that's kind of negative thinking. It's half filled, but a lot of church, Hillsong as well. Her Hillsong used to have more services. Now they even got one. I think they're up to two now. Um, a lot of churches are, I want to say, are dying out. Is there a, is there a reason for this? Um, yeah, the, I mean that reason is uh, probably multi-dimensional, right? Mm -hmm. Number one is, you know, the shutdown. That, the pandemic. Yeah, conditioned Christians to watch on demand, right? I can watch on demand. I can watch five different church services. Yeah. And the quality of, you know, smaller churches can't compete with the quality of a Hillsong, a Bethel church, or any of the other large churches. Number two is uh, American Christianity is consumer-based. Is American Christianity... Is that almost watered down Christianity? In my opinion, yes. Yeah, in my opinion as well yeah. too. The I whole mean, European Jesus is not my Jesus. <laughs> I like your Jesus at your church. You have the brown hair, brown eyes. Like you have a big old mirror at your church. Like okay, that looks more like a Jesus uh, that I would think what he looks like, not the blue eyed, blonde hair. You know, looking like a uh, one, one Direction type of guy. Hey, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what's crazy though, Rocky? Um, every culture paints Jesus to look like them. If, if you look at uh, Asian, ancient Asian icons of Jesus Christ, okay, Jesus is Asian. If you look at African icons of Jesus Christ, Jesus is black. Gotcha. So I, I, but I love that. Um, we're conditioned on the European Jesus. But the thing is, is that I, I love it when people inc like inculcate that, like Jesus looks like them because Jesus is like you. Yeah. And that's a beauty, beautiful thing. So there's no negative talk as far as what like people put on or the blue eye, blonde hair. Well, I, and people, um, people argue about that all the time. Oh, uh, Jesus is black. He's white. He's this and that. <laughs> like I go, you're focusing on the wrong thing, buddy. <laughs> Jesus is definitely not white. <laughs> yes. Jesus was it. Uh, an observant Jewish man, the walking Torah, man, the, the perfect law keeper. He was the ultimate Jew. I, uh, he said, so like he, he is Jewish. Um, I read in Revelation, I don't, I don't know the scripture you probably know, but it almost says, maybe I read it wrong. Did he have red eyes or am I tripping oh, on that? Oh, you're uh, thinking about Revelation chapter one. See, I, I knew you were going to know. <laughs> I know it's Revelation. It said like he had red eyes. I go, do you have red eyes? Yeah, yeah. Am I, did so, I read it right? Or? Yeah, well, you did, but uh, don't read it literally. Uh, well, it's a book. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> well it, it's full of symbolism, right? Uh, it, it, hair as white as wool, right? That's what it says. Okay. Yes, yes. Hair as white as wool. So talk about the purity of his thought life, the purity of his leadership, the purity of, you know, of his covering. And then it talks about, you know, his eyes and it talks about the sword that comes out of his mouth, which is, you know, indicative of his word, the power of the Jesus. sharp words, the things that Jesus said are our bond, right? They're unbreakable words. So we wouldn't want to read that literally. Yeah, because if I'm painting a picture at your church, I'm painting a white-haired Jesus with red eyes with a sword coming out of his mouth. <laughs> and, and I'm like, okay, where am I at? I feel like, am I in a cult right now? Like, where am I at? Where am I? Uh, yeah, so you look at Jesus Christ, at least in that scripture, is symbolism. So, when, but, but let's get back to that question, uh -huh. uh, why churches are failing. Um, the perfect storm, right? We, Christians in the Western context are consumers. We're like, uh, we're like fast food restaurants, right? I don't like Burger King, but I like In-N-Out. Yes. I don't like McDonald's. Sometimes I like In-N-Out, but sometimes I don't. I like Five Guys. Yeah. Churches is the exact same thing. It's, it's religious consumerism. That's one contributing factor. The other one was the... Um, 
how churches responded to the COVID shutdown. Did some stay open? Did some stay closed too long? That was a big contributing factor. The other thing is, is I just think God is pruning his church. Okay. And uh, I think that uh, in many ways, the church in America is failing. It needs to correct. I agree. Um, I, I feel like Hillsong did a, a really good thing as far as pulling people into the church, um, the dancing, the co-concert. And I see a lot of churches try to duplicate that because once, you know, any kind of um, business or any kind of lifestyle almost, um, whatever is succeeding, you know, people are going to follow that lead kind of. And I feel like Hillsong did that. And there's a church over here in West Covina. It was a really big church. Maybe you heard of a faith community. And it was um, Dr. Jim Reeves. And he was um, the pastor there. He was doing really well. His um, his fellowship was like older, you know, Covina crowd type of people and so on and so on. He did very well. He had three services sold out. It was just a big one of those mega churches. And I know he was friend with Brian Houston, who, you know, is a founder of Hillsong, who's not the founder anymore. That's a whole different story. Um, he They kind of duplicated what Hillsong was doing. You know, they dimmed the lights down a little bit. They got more color lights up there. They got they got rid of the choir. They got more um, of a band, you know. And I feel like when they went that direction, they failed because that wasn't their people that like, you know, older, you know, 50, 60 year old people at the church, they didn't go to church for that reason. And I think they, they now that church isn't here no more from being a mega church. One of the biggest churches in San Gabriel Valley, it's nowhere to be found anymore. I think it's an Amazon building now. Wow. Yeah. I think that you have to stay with the authenticity of who you are. Yeah. You have to know your culture. I think in my opinion, younger Christians are preferring smaller fellowships, um, greater levels of community, right? I know the people I'm with. Um, I think the trend is going to be smaller church, and I think that uh, pastors are going to have to get used to that. I think the age of the mega church is, it's not, I'm not going to say it's over, it's changed. Okay. And um, before we get into some deep questions, I do want to, um, a lot of people ask me, hey, what kind of church should I go to? What kind of church you go to? When somebody is looking for a new church, a new home, what are things they should be looking for and things they should be not looking for as far as like, what's a red flag at a church almost, if Ooh. there's one? Yeah, a red flag would be um, people that are overly religious, right? That's one, wow. one red flag. Yeah, that's coming from a pastor. <laughs> what does that mean, overly religious? Right. You like know, pointing like, fingers uh, at people? Yeah, like uh, is the church friendly, right? Uh -huh. Is it uh, does it have a weird culture, right? Is it hyper spiritual? Uh, can anybody walk in? I mean, people judge churches from the parking lot, right? How does this thing look, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. What am I getting myself into? Uh, are the people friendly? Do I feel accepted? Yeah, right. Uh, so. I feel like anytime I walk in a new church, um, not more say now, but. Back in, I always been tattooed face, neck, and when I walk in, people just want to pray, pray, pray over me. Hey, let me pray. I go, oh, kick it, kick it, like relax. Um, That's what I mean by overly yes. religious, right? They've they've made a judgment right away. And, and, like, and oh, I, this dude needs. I, prayer. I hate when I go to new church because right away want to pray over me. I go, bro, like I'm more tapped in than you are, my brother. <laughs> you uh -huh, know, like I right? feel like like take it easy, you know. But I do feel like. Anytime I go to a new church, like I, I like if I walk in, I go to my friend's church right away. Oh, bro, like, bro, like, like, it's like you make me feel uncomfortable right now. Uh, one time I did get prayed over. I got, I mean, I got prayed over your church a lot, and I felt your church, and this is what people like, um, ask me about your church a lot. You know, it's called Refuge and Ranch Cucamonga, and you're, you guys are deeply, deeply involved in this spiritual warfare. Yeah, I want to say, and when I went there, nobody knew who I was. And they um they they gave me a word. I got I got a word there two times. I can't name the guys that did it, but they were so on point. I yeah, mean, to yeah. a T, like like almost like a psychic reader. Like whoa, like okay, <laughs> like it was so. I mean, one time, and I talked about a, a few episodes ago where I kind of broke down the podcast, and um I was going through like a I guess a chemically imbalance or drugs or whatever it was, but somewhere along the line. When a lot of people, they do drugs or they've been through things, they start seeing spiritual stuff. Like I started seeing um, demons. And I think my brother, on um, Stephen, goes to your church. Um, he dealt with that uh, more than I than I have. He has stories about like he's seen a demon, an angel fighting in front of him. And um, he has a whole testimony. I don't know if you heard his testimony about that. Yeah, yeah. But it's a, yeah. it's a really intense story he has. Literally walking down the street and seeing um, a demon and a devil 
demon and the angel fighting for his soul. And he'll go by that story all day. And that's, he goes, no, this is what happened. Obviously, like, he was on some drug trip. Um, do drugs in your opinion? And obviously, this is, um, this is Dr. Rob's, his personal opinion. This guy studied the Bible very, more than anybody I know. He has a doctor degree and, and, and um, what do you call it? Theological, what do you call it? Yeah, applied theology. So, yeah. if anybody, like, and what that means is, like, he just didn't read the Bible. He goes, why did that happen? Who, like, you know, he really dives deep in, and he goes, it just, it's beyond the Bible almost uh, at what you're studying pretty much. So this is his opinion about what he got out of the Bible. Can I say that? Oh, that yeah. make more yeah, sense? Yeah, thanks. You know? Thanks, Rocky. Uh, yeah, cool. I just want to clear, clarify that yeah. right now. Um, how, how real is the spiritual warfare? Like, are there, we say there's angels around us and, you know, and what do you believe angels are around us just, you know, kind of flying over us? Is, is that a real thing? Yeah, I, I'd say, uh, I, I have a biblical worldview okay. and the Bible shows that the natural realm, the physical realm is actually animated by the immaterial realm first. Okay. Those are big words for my viewers. Okay. So, um, what you see, the invisible realm, okay. the invisible spirit realm drives the natural realm. Okay. Okay. So everything you see and touch and feel in the natural realm, the physical realm is animated by the immaterial or the spirit realm. That's a biblical worldview. So mm -hmm. there is a, a constant clash of angel versus demon of kingdom of God, uh, overtaking the, uh, dominion of darkness that um, the evil that exists in the world can be resisted through goodness, resisted through spiritual authority of a Christian. Yeah. So, yeah, I, when I look at the world, I see spirit first and then natural. So that's happening right now. Like there's a spiritual uh, war going on right now. Absolutely. You ever been tempted? Every day. Uh, right. Every right? day. So that's, that's you know, probably the most basic level of spiritual warfare is... You didn't have spiritual warfare? Uh, that's just us uh, just like being stupid humans well your spirit yes all right your soul you have <laughs> okay. a soul you have if you're okay. a christian you have a born again spirit yeah but uh if you're a believer and you are rocky your believer yeah in jesus christ well then the devil's gonna want to resist god's work in you right yes. so when you when you look uh at the personal context it's the world the flesh and the devil Right, you got this world that's saying, "Hey, come over here, let's party, let's do this, yeah. let's do, let's live this way." The let's, fun things. Yeah, let's do this. Well, spiritual pleasure could be real fun too. You just have to tap into it. But yeah. and then you're like, "Oh no, I'm not going to do that." I, I've, <laughs> I've talked about that. Um, a few years, I was really really tapped in, and I even like I, I talked about it. I stopped having sex. You know, yeah, it was um didn't last that long. Um, I don't I don't I don't want to pat myself on the back too much, but however, um, when I was really deep into church and I was going to church like. Um, even a, I was one of those Wednesday night guys going to even a Wednesday night go to Starbucks read the Bible and whatever I was doing um I woke up and I tell people this I woke up not happy I woke up very joyful yeah and there was such a big difference I was like wow like this is this is amazing like you know like almost in a Disney movie like birds are chirping like it was kind of it was, it was so I know what you're you're saying but let's go back to your church Pastor Rob you're, you're deep in there and you guys do exorcisms at your church as well right yeah we we like to call them deliverances because uh exorcism revolves around a ritual uh-huh uh deliverance revolves around authority okay so we believe the average Christian everyday average Christian has the authority of Jesus Christ in them and they can expel demons. Give me, give me an, um, a quick story or some kind of example that somebody was possessed. Oh man! And you had to um, deliver so him, many. or Jesus delivered him through you because you're the tuning instrument. Oh man! Well, I'll tell you the craziest one. Please it's, do. Wait here, right? So the girls like, are pretty. It, yeah, <laughs> no, that's the same. The girls you me off guard. Man. No, I was like, huh? no, no, girls say. I don't know why. It's a, it was a MySpace thing. But go ahead, doctor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is. Uh, I get this phone call around ten at night, and it's a, a family I know from church, and they said, "Hey, uh, we're about to call the cops, but we figure we call you first. Our kid is freaking out. Uh -huh. Our kid is yelling and screaming and scratching his face and going nuts. And we don't know what to do. How old is this we, kid? This kid's like 21. Oh, wow. And we we need you to come. Can you come? Is there any way you can come? I said, sure. So I drove down there and it's like 
it's like the exorcist really like um, a movie almost bro it was like i'd never seen anything like it when you say it's just like what do you mean like uh, he was possessed? speaking in different voices it uh, wasn't in tongues though either uh, huh? it, they it, speak in tongues too yeah, right? yeah yeah it was just weird and you know i mean just weird supernatural stuff is happening in a room so i look around and obviously this dude he looks at me and in the most demonic voice he goes i know who you are and he basically says f your god you know and like this crazy, the whole voice yeah dude just crazy demonic voice and i look around i said if anybody's afraid you need to leave this room yeah they all left <laughs> he left? yeah <laughs> i would have left too and then, and then homeboy gets up off the couch he's on the couch and he's got pure hate in his eyes and he rushes me like he's gonna kill me yeah and so i just go stop you're not in charge i'm in charge sit down homeboy sits down and then basically we go through a 45 minute struggle of me commanding the demons out of them like the movie yeah and you know each demon would leave with a shriek or the guy would puke and uh finally after look, around 45 minutes he starts coming to the surface because the demons were in control of this <clears throat> man this young man how does that something like that happen to somebody uh well you know what he took place in uh in a uh, sexual ritual uh -huh. to open him up to demonic influences. So you can open up. Is that a real thing? Like when people say, oh, like, if you, not, like not so much the Ouija board or you do these things. Are you opening the door to the um that that dark spiritual world? Well, well absolutely. And that goes with drugs then too. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, anytime you, okay, so there's different doors, right? Uh -huh. Of demonic influence, right? One would be unforgiveness. If I just can't forgive somebody who's sinned against me, that's an open door. Yeah. Another one would be anger, right? That's a great open door for demonic evil spirits. They feed off that negative energy. They look for that. They like that. I can you see know, that. that's who they are. That whole energy. Yeah, right? man. That's their that's their game. Uh, sexual abuse, another open door. And uh, sexual promis promiscuity, that's another open door. What is that? You're using big words right now, uh, doctor. Yeah, if you're sl sleeping around with a bunch of people. Oh, okay. Right? Those are That's a huge open door. Okay. This, this, this is all explaining why I've seen demons at one time. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny. And uh, then drugs, right? Yeah. You used to alter your consciousness. And then also messing around with the occult. Okay. Right? So the, the occult's so the, real. So there's a lot of doors you can open. Sure. And, and, you're, play and you're playing with, you're literally playing with fire. Well, you know what? Demons don't make good pets, That's a, yeah. <laughs> right? They don't like you. Yeah. They don't love you. Nope. They want to destroy you. And so that's why they don't make good, yeah. good so, uh, homies. So, so why invite them in? You don't right? want to ride along with them. Yes. Um, the deeper I go into the Hollywood scene and as far as the media and so on, um, I see different things. And I have friends that are really big into Hollywood. And my friend, Noel G, he's done a lot of Fast and Furious. And um, we got, he's coming on this month, oh, on, awesome. or in January, yeah. um, to come on in his, his testimony. He's a big believer. But he says he was so deep in Hollywood, but he's seen things like, um, he, he, he'll he talk more about it when he comes on, but he was saying that people do sell their soul to the devil. Um, sure. Is that a real thing? How could you sell your soul? Like, like, is, are there people going up to you? Like, and like, like, cause when I'm thinking about it, like who's getting out these contracts? Well, I mean, I can't really speak to that cause yeah. I don't know much about Hollywood, but yeah. the question you asked was, can you sell your soul to the devil? Yeah. I think you can make alliances with evil spirits for sure. Okay. Uh, ask any witch or any you know skilled occultist; they know how to operate in that spirit realm, and they'll often make alliances. Just with like you know how our powerful. priest knows how with with, with uh, the good uh, side. Uh, you know what? Uh, do do you as a Christian do you give your life to Christ? Yes. Well, then that's an agreement. Okay. Right. And and they pray to different saints or whatever they're praying different people or, or whatever i don't know their names i don't really study i, I would never study that kind of stuff <laughs> um <laughs> you know what's crazy about that rocky I was, I was reading this book all about spiritual warfare just before bed uh -huh. and then like would might be completely like tormented at night like can't sleep oh, you know, i wouldn't read, me, I like I wouldn't read that stuff. before night before yeah, i go to bed right and then my wife is like why are you reading this stuff before yeah. bed like you're, you're crazy. crazy right yeah so then i decided okay i'm not gonna read about this 
Then I start sleeping well. <laughs> yeah, I would not read a book like that before I go to bed. That's crazy. Um, like once again, I talk about this on a podcast, and I want um, you know, this is your personal opinion on things yeah, too. But yeah, yeah. uh, how do you feel about Hollywood or even the Christian church? I mean, some Christian churches they believe in different things these days. It seems like you know, uh, how do how do you guys how do you feel about Hollywood pushing? I feel like they're pushing um. Um, gay sex show on, on on movies and TV shows and so on and so on, even pushing it towards our kids. Yeah, well, my this is my personal opinion is that um, it really boils down to worldview. Uh-huh. Um, so if you're a Christian, you have a different worldview than somebody who is not a Christian. And I think that Hollywood has been pushing an agenda of cultural decay mm-hmm. for years and years and years. And so to me, I, I'm not very shocked about the LGBTQ agenda in Hollywood or in, um, you know, sitcoms or things like that. They've been pushing uh, sexual degeneracy since the sexual revolution in the 60s. So to me, it's like this is just another layer of it. Yeah, it's just not just, I mean, gay says it's all sex. It's in all general. sex. Yes. And, uh, and, you know, God's a covenant keeping God. Uh-huh. He likes covenant, which means he likes marriage. And uh, God likes faithfulness. He doesn't. He doesn't like. Uh, even calls, um, you know, in uh, one of the most radical allegories in the Bible, God looks at Israel and he calls Israel basically an adulterous wife. Basically said, "Hey, look, I found you as a baby. You were kicking in your own blood. Yeah. You were abandoned, baby. I found you. I cleaned you up. I took care of you. I did everything for you. I finally, you were mature enough for me to marry you." And I'm a faithful husband, and you are a whore. You sound like to who? That that's what in, in Ezekiel. Oh, it's the parable of the two sisters. It, wow. it, it's crazy, man. You should read it. I, I'll I'll, uh, I'll give you that scripture. But and, and, but yeah, man. I I think. Uh, but but I like entertainment, right? I don't who want to condemn entertainment. Yeah. It's just I'm careful, and I understand the context of entertainment. The other thing is, just because I'm a Christian doesn't mean. Like Christian Christians have lost the culture war. We're, oh, by by far, by far, it's, it's a right? blo- it's a blowout. It's a blowout, yeah. right? So basically, you can't speak truth to power because you have no power in I, this. I I mean, you basically Christian Christians need to create their own microcultures now. Uh-huh. If you know, that's just we have to operate in a different world. But let's talk about polygamy and monogamy. Um, okay, you know, you're saying um, God loves as far as as far as the Bible goes, like. Um, I don't know what scripture he says that in, but, you know, be faithful and, you know, have one wife. But it feels like everybody in the Bible has more than one wife. Well, some, some don't. Okay, that's what I mean. (laughs) But that's what I'm saying. So who's right? Who's wrong? Well, just because it's in the Bible doesn't make it right. The the Bible. (laughs) Yeah, I never heard a pastor say that before. Well, the Bible is... It teaches us about all kinds of things about humanity. I right? see the Bible as things I shouldn't do. Like the people are like, you know, as far as David, Solomon, or even all these people, like they're all, they're messing up a lot. Yes, they uh, are. A lot. So I go, don't do what that guy did. Well, it shows us a couple things. One, God's super patient. Mm-hmm. Number two, um, God, the Bible doesn't try to hide a great man's sin. The Bible exposes a great man's sin. Nice. Um, Cause it, it, no, it gives us hope. It, uh, many of us can identify with our own fallenness, our own brokenness, our own mistakes, our own sin. Um, but then uh, just because it's in the Bible doesn't make it right. Like you look at David's life, right? He has, you know, what, four wives. Had and an then, affair with yeah, that chick it, on the roof. Yep, with uh, Bathsheba. Yeah, you know? had his husband killed. <laughs> right. He's an he's a evil guy he's at that time. dude, right? Yeah. And he pays a great price for it. Mm-hmm. Look at David's family. David has a son that rebels against him, tries to take the kingdom from him. David doesn't enjoy intimate relationship with one woman. He's got uh, this this family never satisfied. Chaos. No, I think Solomon said it the best. Um, he had over seven hundred wives, yes. and he did he did this. He had all the money in the world, literally. Like, and he says all that meant nothing to him. And I, I I talked about it last episode, like all this money, people are born with all this money and all these treasures, and um, they're just not happy. They don't know how to appreciate it almost. Well, you but have, didn't God you take your joy money. away from it? Like that God said, told Solomon, like not told him, but he took that enjoyment out of sex. Like he couldn't even enjoy it anymore, kind of. Yeah, I think, uh, well, I mean, you read Song of Songs. Uh-huh. He wrote that. That's pretty sexually charged book. In fact, uh, 
you know, in the Jewish tradition, uh, you have to be a man before you're going to get that book. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, read the book. I mean, yeah. <laughs> pretty sexually explicit book if you can read between the lines in the context of the culture. Yeah, it's straight yeah. out. But Yeah, people that don't read the Bible, it's it's the best book. Like, it's the most dramatic things, a lot of sex killing. <laughs> there's, a lot of, there's a lot of things going on in there. Like, it's crazy when you really read the Bible. Yeah. Um, but I always trip out how uh, how Paul wrote, like, half the New Testament. And, yeah. you know, and he was a um, – they never really say exactly, but – they don't say he killed Christians, but he say he prosecuted them pretty much, right? Well, um, he persecuted Christians, which means killing. Okay. So he, he definitely, you know, he calls himself the worst of sinners. Yeah. And I think that's probably an accurate description of him. Right? You kill Christ church, you oppress Christ church, but God had mercy on him and, and, and tuned him up. Hey, made him blind. Um, you know what, um, Dr. Rob, it's, it's a season right now. Um, it's a, it's, it's for most of us, a lot of us, it's a great season. Um, Christmas time, you know, the, the whole holidays, it just, you know, it's, uh, it's like magic in the air with the music at the mall. Like for me, I, I love it. Christmas tree, you know, yeah. I, I love it. Sure. For some people, it's, it, it's not the same for them. Um, it's even, um, even when I was my little jail time. Um, this season you had to keep the respect level very high and homie will tell you hey, keep the respect level very high because people are very sensitive right now and they're ready to explode because this season is the most um, suicide rates are up yeah like this is a season where like a lot of people commit suicide it's it, a lot of pain in the world a, a lot of, yeah so it's a, like people are really depressed at this time of the season you know just the whole weather and just missing loved ones and going to um to the suicide things, I mean, it's happening more and more, it seems like, these days. I mean, maybe social media has something to do with that or just, you know, the whole FOMO thing. I, 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 I mean, I'm not, a lot of things have to do with suicide. It's, for me, it's a mental illness, just as um, I, I, I put it up there with cancer and everything else. Like, it's 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 a disorder. It's a mental illness. Um, in a Bible, it does say, and a lot of people say, I'm, I don't know the scripture. I know you know the scripture. Um, it says people commit suicide, go to hell. Um, how much truth is that as far as what the Bible is saying? Well, you're referencing 1 Corinthians 3.17. There you go. And I'll read it. Um, it says, uh, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Now, unfortunately, many people take that verse out of context. And uh, I'll try to give the- Could that go with tattoos and anything, right? Yeah, it could. But it, here's the deal. The Bible does not explicitly address suicide. Okay. Okay, so there's not a proof text in the Bible that says, if you commit suicide, you go to hell. There's not. There is not. People say people, it so bluntly, people, like, like well, they read it. Okay, but we have to- The worst thing you can do is take one little verse. Uh -huh. if, if you, I just read that verse to you. Yeah. Okay, and it sounds like God will destroy the person who destroys God's church, and you're God's church because you're that temple. Yeah, yeah we're all a temple, all yes. Right. All right, so if we look at this in the real context, there's a problem in Corinth, and that's a division. People, divisive people, people making uh, factions against other people, and they're fighting for this power in the local church, and Paul's addressing this. So when Paul oh, says, is Paul saying this then? So Paul is saying, do you not know that you are God's temple? Well, the you there is not singular, it's plural. You, all of you, okay. all y'all arguing, all y'all carrying on, creating divisions, all these drama that you're stirring up. You, you're all the God's church. You're all that temple. Yeah. And so if you, if you actively move to wound God's church, to hurt God's church, to destroy God's church, well, God will deal with you for that. Okay. That's what he's saying. He's not saying that so if you take your life, you're going to hell. So there's no scripture like I, I, it's it's not like really like black and white, blunt. Like if you, if you commit if you commit suicide, you're going to hell. It, no, it doesn't no, literally no, say it, that. It doesn't literally say that. And here's the thing: I think suicides there's a spiritual side to suicide because uh, if you look at the devil, Satan, demons, their ultimate goal is to bring death. That's the one thing that happened in the yeah. Garden of Eden, right? They they ate the forbidden fruit. What was the thing that happened to them? Can you, De death. Can you let people know that it wasn't an apple? 
wasn't an apple. Chow Pee Po was not a people think it's an apple. It's not we an apple. We don't know what it Nobody is. Nobody know what kind of fruit it was. That's correct. It was a forbidden <laughs> for sure. So um, yeah, but so they ate that. But but death entered, and so Satan's a killer from the very beginning. He murdered the whole human race. We're all born yes. into death. So uh, demons exploit that deep sorrow, right? That those negative thought patterns, those strongholds of the mind that that. Uh, that condemn the person and the person agrees with I have great, great uh, sympathy and empathy for people that are suicidal because you know, my, my first spiritual father, the one who trained me up in the ministry, uh -huh. the one who was the most influential man in my life committed suicide after 33 years in the ministry. Wow. How does, um, how does that, I mean, I can't say how does that happen, but I, I don't know how it happens. He, you know, he struggled with depression. He struggled with sadness. And I want, I wouldn't think something like that, that did all these good things. And you mean how, you know, he, um, he taught you and then it goes on and on. You taught other people guys, like, yeah. I mean, how does something, how does a man like that go to hell? I, I like, I never believed in it. Like that's no, my, I, I don't, I, that's my opinion. I, I don't at least. Be believe in that either. Who, 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 uh, dies without sin. Yeah. We, we all die in sin. And I think that uh, it's egregious because it really hurts the people that are left behind. Because they uh, think that. You yeah. Know? I even asked, um, we had some guy on um, Street Scholars, and his, his name was Fernando, and he had, his story was horrific. Um, the way he grew up, and it was just a really sad story. Um, he's, a, he's a Christian man now, and he's still fighting his demons to this day. Um, he was saying um, that uh, I think his mom or somebody they committed suicide, and I go well. And he's preaching about well, if you commit suicide, you go to hell. I go well, is um your mom in hell? Then he's all well, yeah. And I was like, oh, like how could you say that? Like yeah. it just I, I but, don't think for us to judge yeah anybody's eternal destiny. It says in the Bible that Christ is the one who will judge the living and the dead. Um, I would never ever put myself in. And you're not a judgmental church either, like no. And and that's why uh -uh. um the song I played before um we on the intro that song said like the church should be filled with people like that are hurting like a hospital almost. It should be filled with people that are in hurt or in pain, like not just you know that's what churches are kind of for to fix them, right? Well, you know, churches are. I I wouldn't say churches are there to fix people. Okay. I would say churches are there to one uh, clearly teach the Bible in a way that makes sense. People can understand it and help them in their life. Churches are there to, um, to heal, mm -hmm. right? Not to fix, but to heal because you never truly be fixed. That's good. I like that. Right. Yeah. I, I, I want to learn how to heal. There you go. I want to empower people to heal. Uh, churches are there for community, right? If you go through a hard time, you've got people to call. You have uh, a social network of people that care and yeah. love about you, uh, that love you. And then, um, you know, churches are there for you to serve, right? You get to, to be part of something that's uh, more transcendent than yourself. And then uh, you have the the mandate and the mission to lead people to Christ. Uh, so churches are are complex right? you want They're you want to get people to the things. altar right and let the holy spirit take over yeah and um but uh you know i think that we're, we're always in a process of healing right i've never been a perfect man uh there's always been some area of my life that god is working on me working always. on my character right or you know trying to get me to understand that the minute you think you have it figured out yeah is is probably the worst day of your life you're never gonna have it figured <laughs> out right I don't think so, brother. You, um, you, I really don't. You talked about um, the scripture about, um, you know, being divided, divisionals and all that. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, let's get into that because um, I, I, I want to know more what's the difference. Like, a, I know there's probably, a, I don't know, there's a huge difference um, Christ, with um, Christianity, um, Muslims and Jews. Like, what's the, what's the whole fuss about? Well, I mean, well, I, I think uh, maybe the fuss is religious extremism first right and and so, you're against that you said right yeah i mean as a christian i believe there's only one way uh -huh. that you can have relationship with god through jesus and that's through jesus christ now uh, that's my position my firm position mm -hmm. however i have deep respect for other faiths yes and so uh christians are jews in in one sense is that we grew out of judaism we look at judaism we look at the old testament and we look at uh, Old Testament Judaism and we say we are the we've been grafted into that beautiful heritage. We are that 
fruit that came out of all that history from I've Gen heard that once you're Christian you're a Jew then right is that is that a, is <laughs> yeah, that a real spir- thing I think spiritually? spiritually right yeah. I mean you're you're uh, Romans uh, chapter t- you know 9 10 uh, teaches us that we've been grafted in a wonderful history all three religions claim you know Abraham is their father okay right so there's some commonality so there's there. a lot of similarity to the there's all similarity these. there and uh, and Christians owe Jews everything. They are a foundation. Our Old Testament is yeah. is written in Hebrew and Aramaic. Um, our the Jesus was a practicing. You know, he was a perfect Jew, yeah. right? So we look at Jesus, a perfect Jew. Um, and Christianity was a Jew was part of the Jewish subculture for a couple hundred years until it really took on a Gentile identity and became what it is today. Uh, if we look at uh, Islam, um, for example. Uh, Islam came about uh, 600 years after Christianity was, uh, you know, in the land, mm-hmm. in, the, in the Middle East. And, you know, Muhammad uh, claimed to have uh, encounter and he wrote uh, the Quran. And uh, so there's and uh, I know in the Quran, there's a kind of an adulterated version of the Gospel of Mark in there. At least uh, Muslims respect Jesus as a, a prophet. Yeah, I see um, that. Not as a savior, but as a prophet. And our resurrection and crucifixion stories are different. Um, but when we boil it all down, uh, I say Christianity is, is, Jesus said there, no one can come to the Father except through me. He, yeah. um, the, the way, the truth, and the life but no that one is, comes to the Father except through but me. But it doesn't say that in the Quran then, right? It does not say that in the Quran. I've read read the Quran. Um, you know, you see a lot of Old Testament law in the Quran. You see um, moral law in the Quran. Uh, I respect uh, Muslims who are faithful Muslims. Um, I wish that they would, uh, you know, open their hearts to Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel the same about my Jewish brothers, but at the same time, um, you know, I, I say respect everybody. If um, if the Jerusalem and all that, it's over there, like Middle East, I guess you want you would call it, right? Sure. Uh, okay, and um, and you have all these surrounding countries around it, and most of the you know the surrounding countries are Muslim, um, you know, and. Jesus is from over there, right? And the story, yeah, the, yeah, born in Bethlehem, yeah, and the stories all come from over there, right? So, like, you have all these stories, and like, let's say a story happened um, over here in Covina, and all the surrounding cities is like bomb part La Puente, West Covina, Duarte, Monrovia. All these surrounding cities are saying, like, maybe there's a shooting over here or something, and everybody's saying, "Well, this is how it happened." All surrounding cities say this is how it happened. This is how it happened years later. All surrounding cities are saying this is how that story went, and we don't believe the surrounding story, the surrounding cities because they're closer there, you know. And then you got maybe in Nevada somewhere, a different state. They're saying nope, nope. This is how the story went. Um, it's hard, it's hard to phantom like for us. To, I mean, me, I believe, but I'm saying like you know, if you common sense wise, it would tell you to believe the surrounding country story, the Muslim stories instead of the Christianity stories, because everybody over there is saying this is the way it happened. But this, this one place is saying, nah, this, this, you know, especially the European Jesus, they're saying this is how it happened and they're going against it. Well, I'd say Christianity is a global religion. Uh-huh. There are more Christians in Africa than, you know, in is the it United really? States. Absolutely. Okay. Like, I mean, Africa is heavily Christian. Egypt, all that. Yeah, for sure. Okay. And there's ancient Christian tradition in the near East uh, and with the Nestorians and, you know, different um, Christian sects. So, I mean, Christianity retouched India by the end of the first century. Wow. So, I mean, Christianity, let's, it's not a white religion. It's not a European religion. It is a global religion, Good. Uh, number one. Number two is that, um, so Christianity uh, emerged from Judaism. Uh, so when we look at uh, Christianity, We'd say it was the it was the fruit of Judaism. That's how I like to look at it. Okay. And Christians point to the Old Testament and say Jesus fulfilled these prophecies. These prophecies are in such detail. Nobody ever chooses where you're born. Yeah. You know, you're born, right? Yeah. He was born exactly where the prophet said he would be born. 
there there is hundreds of prophecies that point to Jesus Christ that are literally fulfilled in the man. Yeah. And those statistics are off the charts. And right? I'm glad you say this is where he was born. Uh, by the way, these questions are just questions for you guys to learn a little bit. Like, obviously, I'm a believer and like, <laughs> I'm not questioning my faith. I'm just saying like people that have questions, I'm all asking yeah. for you guys. And right. He'll give you the answer. Um, let's end it with this. Um, you Jesus was born in, in Bethlehem and is, let's go. What What is Christmas? I mean, it's Christmas. <laughs> so what is Christmas besides the whole Santa Claus thing? Oh, dang. What, what a complex question. Well, number one, um, where should we go? Should we talk about the pagan origins of Christian first of Christmas first? This what whatever people need no, to learn. I, I, okay, so Jesus probably was not born December twenty fifth. I can almost guarantee you he was not born December twenty fifth. I believe that. Yeah. So Jesus was most likely, if you look at the biblical narrative and the Gospel of Luke, that gives you the most information about Jesus Christ's birth. Okay, he was probably born in spring. Why would he? It's the best season of the other time. Uh, the year, it, <laughs> like, why I, would he born in a, like all cold and snowy? Like, yeah, come on, yeah. Well, so our our uh, you know so my this is my personal opinion. Now, there are a lot of scholars, but it's your personal opinion. But you you study this, like yeah, I mean, yeah, there are you're a doctor in this. So yeah, <laughs> there are other scholars that agree with me uh, that Jesus was probably born in the time of the Passover. Okay, because the Passover lamb, just the symbolism there, right? Is that you know the the lamb's blood that took that shielded people from the spirit of death uh -huh. you know the the man who defeated death was born in that time so that's number one uh th there's all kinds of indicators in the text that prove that probably to be true who made the, who who made the 25th up uh it was a pope that made oh, the, the pope did it yeah one of the popes did it and okay. basically there's there's a couple things he wasn't a doctor tell you that much uh, <laughs> well <laughs> i mean we have to look at at, at christianity it, okay it's a super complex story but let's just say there are three pagan feasts that coincide with christmas our christmas season okay uh one is saturnalia it was a roman feast it was uh, a roman pagan holiday and uh, it was uh, basically the, the, the worship of Saturn, the god Saturn. And basically, they would give gifts to each other. They would party. They would hang out. And they would have this winter celebration. The and next, that was for Saturn? Saturnalia is the name oh. of, that, of that pagan holiday. Then the next one is Yule. It's a, like an ancient Germanic one. And it was uh, the celebration of the wild hunt, they would call it. And they would sing songs. They would burn a Yule log. They would, uh, you know, exchange gifts. They would have a bunch of fun. And then there was another one called Sol Invictus, which is the celebration of the undying sun. That's another pagan Roman okay. holiday. And that day was actually celebrated on December 25th. So we're going off of that pretty much. So basically Christianity absorbed all those pagan holidays and and reinterpreted those things as applying to Jesus Christ. So is Christmas kind of like a fake holiday then? Well, I, I, we're stuck with it. <laughs> <laughs> I like Christmas. Right? I love it's, Christmas. It's a wonderful time to introduce people to the Christian faith. It's a, it's a great time to... You know, in the context of, you know, gift giving, yeah. saying, hey, look, like the father gave it's his a son, positive a thing, a very positive, it's positive. Thing. Yes. It's just we shouldn't be culturally stupid. Yeah. We should know that Christianity swallowed these three things. Nobody. I never had most people listening did not know that. So we just put three things, pagan things together and made our own. Uh, yeah. And we inculcated them. The that Pope means did. we just he did, because, I mean, think about it. You have a whole. Christianity is now legalized how far, in, in the fourth century. How far back does Christmas go? Do, do you have an answer for that? Or I mean, you know, I'm, the early church never celebrated Christian uh, Christmas. Uh -huh. uh, Christians didn't start celebrating Christmas probably until the fourteen hundreds. Okay, somewhere around there, in the Middle Ages. So, mommy, six hundred years we'll be doing it. Yeah, probably. yeah. I mean, in the in the way we we know it. Yes. Right. The way we know it is is more of the European english uh expression of it but at the same time we're stuck with the holiday might as well use it to our advantage as invite people to church tell people the good news about jesus christ yes it's a it's a good um it's a good pocket reason to it's, people go to church and you know and you I, go off it. i love it yeah. it's uh it's a great time it's, so. good, it's a good thing for your churches people go to 
people go, go to, to church, church yeah. during Christmas. So um, once again, um, Dr. Rob, I, I like you coming on um, as much as possible. I think um, once in a while, um, I do love having these episodes. People learn, you know, learn from it, and I get these. Um, you know, I know, I know episodes like that isn't for any, for everybody. You know, and people like a lot of gossip and drama story being my chick or whatever's going on. And um, I'm, but it's the people that do hit me up and message me, bro, I needed that. I learned like it's those people. If it's just one person or two people, then it's it's all worth you coming here and, and people are learning about church. And um, if they want to go to your church, you are located in Southern California, Ranch Cucamonga called Refuge, right? Yeah, it's and called the Refuge Community. Refuge Community, guys. So R-E-F-U-G. Uh-huh. Okay, guy refuge. Um G E. I know I get a lot of DMs about people need prayers, hands on, you know, healing and they're going through um it, it's unfortunate that a lot of um are my listeners, you know, they've been they're going to trial tribulation, which you always will, but you know, a lot of them go have a dark past. Um that I've been through gangs or drugs and so on. You know, that's kind of people are listening to this podcast and um that's why I like doing episodes like this. Um if they need prayer over them, guys, um you're more than welcome to go to the church. Refuge. Yeah, yeah. Let me pray over your audience. Is that cool? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, so. yeah. So, so Father, I just pray over all the guys and girls that have uh, been through stuff. They've been struggling with gangs. They've been struggling with drugs. Maybe thoughts of suicide. But Lord, you are you have kindness and mercy and tender, loving care for each one of them. Lord, I, the I just love you because you accept anybody. You accept the the worst. Even Paul, the great apostle Paul, called himself the worst sinner. Lord, if you can accept him, you could accept anybody. Lord, I pray that you would comfort them, that you would bless them, Father, that they would feel your wraparound presence close to them, that they would feel that invitation of your heart to come into relationship with you. And Lord, I thank you that you died for all our sins. You paid for that on the cross by your blood. And Lord, you resurrected on the third day. And because of that, Lord, we can... We, we don't come to you on, on our own merit. We come to you on the merit of the Son, Jesus Christ. God, I'm just so grateful to be here with Rocky. I bless him, bless this podcast. You would multiply his influence in the marketplace that you would, Lord, could do more than he could ask or imagine. But, uh, Lord, I'm so grateful to be here today, and I just pray this audience is touched and, and graced in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Rock, coming on. Thank we'll have you, you, man. Have you come on a couple more months. Okay, that sounds Everybody great. Everybody have a, not happy holidays, but have an amazing Christmas. It's a fake Christmas, but you know what I mean. <laughs> We're out of here. <laughs> Into my soul, who can spin the world around and hold me ever close? Who can search the depths of me and love me to the core? Controls the world I see and walks me through it all.
心。